0: To step into the mind of choreographer Larry Kegwin is to experience an intersection of energy, light, and sound. A classically trained artist with an early passion for nightclub performance, Larry founded Kegwin & Company in 2003 and has never looked back. His sexy theatricality makes modern dance feel relatable and relevant, and has led him to become a sought-after choreographer in the commercial world of Broadway.
1: You know, sometimes I call it the hook. Mm. I'm looking for the hook of my dance, right? So I'm looking for what is the, this dance I'm making? And, um, and the hook may come in the form of an aha moment of a costume, or it might be in the trial and error process of a piece of music. So um, while we're playing and generating, I am looking out for what is inspiring me on all levels, whatever the whole concept. And, and then once I find that concept, that becomes the glue.
0: I'm Nick Kepley, and this is In Step, a podcast that explores the practice and process of becoming a choreographer. Join me today for my delightful discussion with choreographer Larry Kegwin. Larry, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you here.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: Well, the first question that I always like to ask is, how did dance first find its way into your life?
1: Oh, my gosh. And I think that's exactly right. I think dance found me instead of the vice versa. And I was possessed by dance probably at a very early age. I, You know, I would say five. I was the type of kid that would perform uh, gymnastics routines on the front lawn for passing cars. And I was um, curious and... Uh, interested in gymnastics and did gymnastics very recreationally. And then, fast forward, I was in musicals in, in high school, and someone said, you should study. And so at about around the age of 15 or 16, I went to a recital school and started studying dance. Simultaneously, I noticed an audition on um, MTV uh, uh, for that Club MTV show, and so I started filming that show. Uh, I would play Hooky from school and come into the city and dance. Um, I guess fifteen episodes in two days. Wow! And
0: that you had to audition
1: for that? Oh yeah, like ridiculous, like just freestyle dance in someone's office with, on a carpeted <laughs> floor. It was wonderful. And uh, but that was really my first professional gig. And then I, someone said, you know, there you you can major in dance, and so I did. And I went to Hofstra University okay. for four years, graduated in '94, and like maybe a week later, started dancing in in company work.
0: Wow. It's because you grew up here in New York, right? I grew up on
1: Long Island. Long yeah, Island, okay. In,
0: and, um, and so I'm sure you went and saw a lot of theater and dance growing up as well,
1: right? You know, we were pretty sheltered, actually, in okay. this small town waiting river. It's about an hour and a half east of here, um, almost at the North Fork. And I think the first show I saw was a regional theater, uh, Peter Pan at Gateway Playhouse. Oh, yeah. And then I, maybe at around 15 or 16, I saw um, Cats on Broadway and was, you know, mind blow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's a
0: lot of people's intro, I feel like, into the dance world. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you said after
1: you graduated, it was only, oh, would you say a week later that you Yeah, on a, I was very lucky. So back then, this was in 1994. Um, you know, I did summer resident summer programs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way for a young artist to explore and to network. I hate that word, network, but, sh- but certainly that's true. You want to be interested and interesting and engaging in your community on many different levels. And I was lucky. I went to the American Dance Festival and the Bates Dance Festival and met a lot of working artists there. That was great. Anyway, about a week after college, uh, back in then, those days, you there was the Village Voice was, you know, printed audition notices. Mm-hmm. And I just went to one and, and I booked the gig. And it was uh, for David Recev Reality, which was like a a downtown dance company, but started touring. Wow. Yeah, it was a very exciting time. And your bio says that you've danced your way from the Metropolitan
0: Opera to downtown clubs to Broadway and back. I want to hear about the (laughs) clubs.
1: Oh, my God. So true. And I really did. You know, I was... I wasn't a certifiable club kid, but I was out dancing in my 20s, probably three or four nights a week. Uh And I also danced for Shazam Entertainment, which was a uh, sort of an entertainment company where you were like a human party favor for the party of your life. And um, so you would do musical reviews and then you would just interact with guests and dance. Anyway, um, I started dancing in clubs basically through company work really you know one thing would lead to the next a drag queen you'd know would ask you to back them up and mm-hmm. wig stock and then i created a solo uh called sunshine which was to bill withers ain't no sunshine and it was in my underwear and uh, then it started be getting booked on clubs mm. you know and um so I, I feel like a very special place in, in club life
0: yeah that's sort of early immersive theater
1: in Yeah, a way. Ex- exactly and so many like rupaul came out of the clubs. so many people um jake shears probably fisher spooner yeah nobody knows these names no i know yeah <laughs> okay but there's you know um it's a great way when you have a lot of energy to um get it out of you you know and it was healthy really right i know a lot of people kind of
0: miss that new
1: york yeah. of of that era oh my god so many clubs um And smaller clubs, like there was this club uh, down in East Village Crowbar, and it was a small but mighty club where people just danced their asses off, you Mm. know, and it was such an incredible outlet. Mm. And, and you know, this is probably pre-internet, actually. This is pre, yeah, I'm assuming so, or definitely pre-having a computer in your pocket. Right. And um, so this is where people went and hung out.
0: And as a performer, you you danced with Metropolitan Opera, but also with Mark Dindy, um, which you won a Bessie Award for, uh, for Dream Analysis. And then you also worked a lot in musical theater, appearing in Dance of the Vampires and The Wild Party and Julie Taymor's Across the Universe. Mm -hmm. What what was performing like for you? What kind of a performer were you? Oh, my gosh, that's a
1: great question. Um, I guess the type of performer I was would change according to the type of venue like dancing in a club, of course, is very different from dancing at the opera. And also it would change according to my own investment in it and how much I was, um, enjoying it. So, I mean, in concert dance, I was probably known for giving it 110% and sometimes overdoing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then sometimes, you know, at the opera, you're very far away. So it was a little, maybe a little more reserved or, and, um, Broadway, maybe I would go on automatic pilot a little too soon. (laughs) Um... So it it all depended on how fresh the performance was for me.
0: Right. And at Hofstra were you a a concert dance focus? Yeah, I or was, okay,
1: modern I was a modern dance major and I received a BA. Okay. So was it almost like through the work
0: in the clubs and sort of by accident that you became interested in theater or how did that I mean I
1: was always interested in theater. I remember, you know, being in musicals when I was five, literally. Not five, but in fifth grade. Yeah, I'm mixing my numbers. <laughs> and um let's see, so Musical theater, I, I also, yeah, I was always interested, but I also got a great introduction because Mark Dendy was asked to choreograph uh, The Wild Party. Okay. And then I became his associate on that and also danced in that show. Mm-hmm. And so that was a tremendous introduction. And then he started working with the Rockettes on a, a project that never came to fruition. And um, and through, then through meeting that whole community, I started... Uh, investing more in that. And then I auditioned for Dance of the Vampires and um, a bunch of other shows. Yeah. And
0: then how did your transition into
1: choreography happen? I mean, I just think it's about listening to the signs and following the signs. And I don't think I ever, to this day, I'm 45. I'm very bad at setting out a plan. I'm I'm not, I don't have a five-year goal or 10, or whatever, and I you know, haven't paid my taxes yet this year. <laughs> but I do um, listen to my intuition. And um, I made a solo with, by the encouragement of Mark Dendy. And then um, he put that on a program at the Joyce Theater. Mm. So then my work is being exposed. People started taking notice that I was choreographing and assisting Mark a lot. And so they started um, noticing my contributions and offering me um, maybe an artist residency in, in Santa Barbara. And then before long, I started making a duet, a trio, and a quartet. And I realized I had a full program and applied. There used to be this space in Soho, um, the Joyce Soho, which was, you know, you could rent the theater for very cheap. And I applied to that program and produced my own show with their help. And, um, then one thing led to the next, then I received a commission. It was just very, I want to say baby steps. I never set out to have a company. This was all just a very gradual approach.
0: Yeah. Um, and you founded Kegwin and Company in 2003, um, which has performed all across the United States and the world. What is that like? I mean, I, I used to run my own summer company for only three weeks in Asheville, North Carolina, and that was enough to keep me busy for a year.
1: So I can only imagine well, I just have to point out that I ruptured my Achilles in Asheville. I was just oh. reminded oh. of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the theater there, uh, which was... Dino-Wortham. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next day I was on crutches. Anywho, um, so the company is about 15 years old. And, you know, in the very beginning, it was a vehicle for my own performance and a vehicle for me and my friends to make work. And now it's a, it's a vehicle for 20 two-year-olds and, Mm -hmm. you know, 30-year-olds. So it's gone through a couple of generations uh, of dancers. And um, I just think it's wonderful to have a company and a a board of directors who support my mission and support me as an artist. And it feels like family. It feels like it's a um, a backbone in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I spoke of not being very planned or scheduled. I mean, I am very (laughs) I. I do keep a calendar, but it, this is a way to give structure to my life and, um, I, I've come to depend on it. And you do
0: freelance, um, choreographically a lot, but is yeah. there, is there a reason that you felt like you've wanted to keep this, this company that's mm-hmm. devoted to your work rather than just freelancing?
1: Well, the, the company has, um, scaled up and scaled down. So it's very, um, there's a lot of breathing room for, for it to, um, for it to be very malleable. And right now it's, it's been scaling back and become more project oriented. Mm. Um, so we're not, you know, I don't keep a roster of regular dancers. I don't um, employ dancers full time. Um, so it, it operates very much like a project or pickup company. Okay. I juggle with, I juggle with this, you know, some days I'm like, oh, maybe I should just be freelance. So right now, basically I'm, I'm, hovering in the middle between project and freelance and company land. And, um, you know, it's, it is a nonprofit. So it's a, it's a mechanism for me to fundraise. Mm -hmm. And if, and when inspiration strikes and I have a project, whether it be a film or, you know, a concert dance or a musical, hopefully one day that I have the mechanism to fundraise. Mm -hmm. And I, and I also have the mechanism to, um, teach and educate in a nonprofit avenue. Mm-hmm. So that is something I want to hold on to and I've worked hard to establish it. Right. So that's important to me and it's also very important to me to freelance and to take commissions and to um, constantly be challenged and look for new opportunities, new dancers, new new venues. I think I enjoy it but the, you know, everyone has their own way of operating and for me I like operating in a in an ADHD type of way, I need to to have stimulus all over, and I need new. Is there any advice you'd give to your your younger
0: self when you were first starting the company? Like that that now you know that you wish oh my you'd known. Gosh, <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I was kind of like I had blinders on when I was younger, you know, which in a way was very helpful. I was not distracted, um, and I had tremendous amounts of ambition. I would say pace yourself. Maybe not take everything that comes your way or understand um, how to keep filling the well and how to um, not burn out.
0: Broadway Dance Lab's Spring Cycle is now underway, supporting new work by choreographers Robert Fairchild, Lonnie Landon, and Ray Mercer. Want to see us in action? Follow us on social media using the handle at Dance Lab and subscribe to our YouTube channel, for behind-the-scenes photos, video, and interviews. In Step, we'll be right back. How would you describe your choreographic style?
1: Mm. And that has changed over the years. You know, my choreographic style, not the process. The process is very collaborative and I'd hope playful Mm -hmm. um my style I would say is very physical athletic um quirky theatrical hopefully witty and um you know if I were reading a a press release, perhaps electrifying
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and you've toured all over the world. Do you have any funny or memorable stories from those touring days? I mean, you just came back from oh
1: my, one. oh my God, yeah, I would just say touring is a is a place to practice um, patience and detachment and a sense of humor <laughs> and um, it's just like all the laws, spiritual laws of success are wrapped into touring. Let's see a a really funny one. Um, Oh, there've been some episodes when, you know, some technical mistakes that are nerve wracking, but in hindsight, very funny. We, We had a very classical piece. It was a, not a classical dance, obviously it was a contemporary dance, but to a classical piece of music, Haydn. And all of a sudden, um, you know, there might be 12 dancers on stage and Beyonce starts playing hmm. on top of the classical music. I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and it, it, you know, it was a computer glitch where the the um, pre-show music, which was Beyonce, oh. <laughs> was playing on top of the music and then it all shut down and so the dancers are like fumbling on stage trying to pick up the pieces uh-huh. and, you know, in retrospect it's hysterical. But we laugh so much on tour. We laugh so much. There's so much humor and it's we just had three weeks out, and um, we just had a blast.
0: And do you still perform with the company some? or No, not really.
1: Okay. No, I'm performing in a duet program that Nicole Wolcott, who helped me start the company, we just built a show called Places, Please, about the, like, the kind of anxiety uh, about, you know, the moments before the curtain goes up, mm-hmm. and... Um, It's kind of like a retrospective of the duets we've made in our past and also a look to all the places we've been and the places we're going, hopefully, in life. And so that's going on about a seven-city tour this fall, which mm-hmm. would be nice. Mm-hmm.
0: And But you mentioned that early on you used to do a lot of performing with the company. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that's maybe a little unique to the modern dance world. Actually, mm-hmm. I've never thought about that. But so many modern dance choreographers danced in their own companies, at least early
1: on. What is that like for you? Well, it's so interesting because when I think of modern dance or concert dance, or it's really a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. But when I think of theater, there is a narrative. And there's a cast, and there there are characters that you need to cast. So, when you have a blank ca- canvas, there are no characters to cast, right? And I th- I think for me, um, it modern dance is about the artistry of that choreographer, similar to Jackson Pollock throwing paint on a canvas. You know, a choreographer is. His, their expression and their tools are the dancers in the room, and um, I think that's it's, it's wonderful. You know, I, because I straddle these worlds, I feel like I have to reflect on it, and I think that in modern dance is um, incredible for that reason. It's just whatever you want it to be.
0: Right. Yeah. Is it ever hard for you to um, to step in and out? As far as like when you're in it, you can't see it. You know, is mm-hmm. that is that hard as
1: a choreographer? Um, yes and no. I mean. You know, it's been so long since I've been in a full concert work. The duet program, I feel, I feel as if it's nice to be in and out of it. The, um, I think there are advantages to both sides of that. I think that on the outside you have total control, and you're, you know, you have to trust your eye though, and, and know. Um, when and how to edit but the when you're inside of it i think the dancers know so much Mm. you know so sometimes if even on the outside i might not have the answers but i'll ask the dancers and they have the answers Mm -hmm. because they're inside of it and they you know their bodies and their minds will tell them Mm. so
0: when you're not working with your own company, you also go and create all around the world. Mm-hmm. What is that like? And it's similar with BDL. You know, what is it like to step into a room full of dancers that are not with your company, who you've never met before, and start being vulnerable and creating with them?
1: You know, I used to think that, oh God, that's so it's going to be so scary. Uh, you know, there were a couple instances where I would go and work on a ballet company. Uh, I'm reminded of one in the Royal New Zealand Ballet Company, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god!" First of all, they've got the name Royal yeah. in the title, <laughs> like I'm already intimidated. Uh-huh. And then you walk into a room, and there's 32 ballet dancers, either with point shoes on or tights, and it's so uh, out of my realm. But with literally within five minutes, you're like, "Oh, dancers are dancers. Dancers are dancers." wherever you go, in whatever medium, whether it's tap, jazz, ballet, modern, acro, theater, uh, Broadway, downtown, you know, there is something about dancers that is universal. Mm. And so I try and remember that. And I try and remember that um, we're going to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. And, and there, you know, there are all these kind of landmarks in a creative process where you're like, oh, on day five, we're going to struggle. <laughs> and we're going to get really nervous three days before opening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a pattern, and I try and remember that, and yeah. then it calms me.
0: Yeah, what is that? I've seen that. It's like mm-hmm. at first you think, this is amazing. This yes. is Maybe this is amazing. This is terrible. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Um, is there any sort of uh, – I could see it going both ways, but I would imagine your company dancers kind of know your mm-hmm. body vocabulary in mm-hmm. a faster way than a new dancer. Mm-hmm. Is that refreshing or frustrating or –
1: Oh, versus a new dancer. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't. Uh, more and more, I'm pulling vocabulary from the dancers, okay. you know, and, and a lot of creative assignments, and then assembling and editing afterwards. I often use the analogy of being a dressmaker—that they're making the fabric and I'm sewing the, the pattern together. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully, I'm not frustrated or they're not frustrated because um, a lot of the vocabulary is coming from their body. Mm-hmm um but there are times certainly where um i'm creating phrases you know there is still a lot of my vocabulary in the work and it 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 can be frustrating and then i remember that oh maybe one of the one of the rules or one of the assignments of a choreographer is to make everyone look good right and so they're going to look good doing what they're good at Mm -hmm. not what i'm good at Mm -hmm. so there there has to be a constant give and take and a constant um, letting go and listening. Go
0: ahead and talk a little bit more about specifically about your process Mm -hmm. how, you know, when you're starting a new work, how do you begin?
1: Yeah, each time it's a little different, but there, again, is definitely a pattern to my process. I would say, um, you know, and it's different for concert work versus theater work, but let's just say concert work for right now. I go into the studio and I just am playing with movement. You know, I'm not trying to choreograph A to Z. I'm just playing with vocabulary and um, making phrases, giving the dancers creative assignments, like, you know, hold hands, and I'm going to give you four words and do it, and Mm. let's see what happens. Um, So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of creating, a lot of generating vocabulary, generating phrases, some ideas, and then I start looking at it, and then I start organizing and sifting. And so if I create 100 things the dance I make may only have 20 of those things. So it's we create much more than we'll make it ever into a dance. Mm-hmm. So it's very much about trial and error and um, editing.
0: I, I'm curious. I've worked in that mm-hmm. way before of having different improvisational exercises. Mm-hmm. Do you ever struggle, this is kind of an abstract question, but yeah. do you ever struggle with connecting abstract improvisational exercises with like a deeper meaning of the overall piece? Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And actually the um when i we do improvise, certainly, but when when I give them creative assignments it 's actually choreographic craft they have to remember what they 're doing, especially if it 's in a group, so they 're never they 're never just improvising, and then i 'm fishing for something mm-hmm. it 's like they're actually composing nuggets, and I put all the nuggets together. Um, but the question was, do you like, do you use emotional starting places
0: for those movements or, you know,
1: sometimes I call it the hook, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm looking for the hook of my dance, right? So I'm looking for what is that this dance I'm making and, um, and the hook may come in the form of an (laughs) aha moment of a costume, or it might be in the trial and error process of piece of music or it might be a movement that looks like ants, and then I go down a you know a Wikipedia hole and study ant co- culture, colonies, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, while we're playing and generating, I am looking out for what is inspiring me on all levels, whatever the whole concept, and, and then once I find that concept, that becomes the glue. That becomes the lens of which I sift everything else away mm-hmm. because it doesn't belong to that world, right? Mm-hmm. I, I should have it just a whole area in my life of all the material I haven't used yeah. <laughs> just to see if I could ever bring it back.
0: Right. And and uh, when you work with ballet companies in yeah. that manner, I've witnessed sometimes resistance from the dancers because it's, I mean, now it's starting to be more use, uh, yeah. like, uh, you know, happens more often in the ballet world. Yeah. But there's this whole conversation that kind of is taking place right now of what is the role of the choreographer and, yeah. and dancers sometimes feel very like offended
1: or frustrated yeah. if they're generating movement or, you know, yeah. how do you feel about that? I mean, I tend to surround myself with people who want to be engaged in the creative process, but I've definitely come up against that, those feelings. And then my inclination would be to go to the people who want to be creative and then to give the other people just material that I make. Or, you know, if I am very in tune, I think, with the emotions of the room, and um, I don't want to put, make people terribly uncomfortable, and so I will, I'm flexible. I think it's the role of the choreographer to assess that. Mm-hmm. Like, is this room uncomfortable with this? Mm-hmm. And if so, mo- switch gears. You know, that's that whole like detachment thing. You got to be flexible to switch gears. Um, and, I, and I will do, and I will switch gears as well. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's a room where the movement needs to just be taught, I'll do it.
0: You can learn more about Larry Kegwin and all of our choreographers on our website, www.broadwaydancelab.org. In Step, we'll be right back. Well, let's move a little bit into your theater career. Sure um, so in 2011, you choreographed the off-Broadway production of Rent, for which you received the 2011 Joe A. Callaway Award. Um, how do you like choreographing for theater versus concert dance Oh my gosh I love it
1: I just want more opportunities to do it <laughs> and I want more opportunities to do it in a very um, it, it through the lens of my creative process right so very I want to play a lot more in, yeah. that, in that arena sometimes it's challenging because there's a lot of deadlines and um, th- there's a strict form to stay on task and on the plot (laughs) Mm -hmm. which makes total sense Mm -hmm. um i like it i like i like that i have the opportunity to bounce between um these art forms um i think obviously for theater there is uh, a need to really tell the story and push the story forward whenever possible and um you know rent was was very interesting because it it's iconic and everybody knew it and um so it was very Interesting and how I'm going to put my own little stamp on it. Yeah, how did you do that? Um, Well, I think we just added more dance. You know, there wasn't a a huge amount of dance. And then um, I think I had to change Angel. I had to up the ante with the Angel's dance. And um, I just, you know, I just went into it with a lot of energy and a lot of um, exploration and adding my vocabulary really changed it probably. Mm -hmm. How long
0: was the rehearsal process?
1: Oh, probably three weeks. Yeah, and then you're in the theater for you know tech, and then did you you do a lot of prep work before? Yeah, we did definitely. Okay, yeah, which is great. And that's another big thing I think between theater and perhaps concert dance um, is the prep work that goes into it. Right. You know, I felt like I in musical theater I wanted to come in very prepared, Mm -hmm. versus um, in concert dance the the preparation just happens in the studio.
0: It's interesting because, like, I, in my career, mm-hmm. I've bounced a lot between concert dance and theater. Oh, so and, you know it, well, but um, but I find it I find both freeing in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and actually, you know, sometimes. It's like I, I miss the the freedom in concert dance to create a world around you in whatever way you want, like using mm-hmm. you know dancing Balanchine and you know something very abstract like Agon, but getting to sort of use your imagination with it mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. narrative, which is very clearly delineated for you. But sometimes there's a lot of freedom or creativity that emerges out of a lot of rules. Oh you know? yeah. So do do you find that with narrative that it's that it can be freeing, like having yeah?
1: A... And uh, of all honesty, I haven't really done a lot of mm-hmm. musical theater. I've done. Um... Tales of the City in San Francisco Rent and um, If Then mm-hmm, on Broadway mm-hmm. and, and that's really it in terms of choreographic um, opportunities but I, I do I totally agree with you I think and sometimes even in concert dance if I get an assignment like you're going to cre- create a dance to this piece of music with four people and um, it has to take place in this specific site you know I, I find that exciting because someone's giving me um, an assignment where half of it's already done. Right. (laughs) And so you get to, um, you're further along in the process and you get to um, explore a little deeper. And Mm -hmm. same thing, I guess, if you have a story and a set and um, you can dig a little deeper, perhaps. What was it like for you the first time you had to collaborate like with
0: a director and a music director? And, you know, it's so collaborative musical theater. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I was working like that with Mark Dendy. Okay. I learned a lot, you know, um, in the Wild Party. Um, I think the biggest lesson for me is about um, having the confidence and the strength to know that your voice is important in the collaborative process, and not to play, um, not to hang out in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a, it's a learning lesson for me actually to stay more, um, more in the foreground of the creative collaboration and Mm. not wait to be told what to do Mm -hmm. um, yeah so I, I, I would say in hindsight I would stay a little more in front of it I don't know. if that makes sense? It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah I,
0: I was having a conversation with I can't remember which guest it was on here, but we were talking about how kind of threatening, in a way, a choreographer can be for a director because mm. really, you, dance can have such an impact on the show. I mean, uh-huh. and if it's done well, I think it's it can be fully integrated and yeah. you know, really like uh, once comes to mind, or you know, mm-hmm. like shows that have that are like dance theater kind yeah. of shows. And I could see how, as a director, it might be a little bit um, frightening because you you have your own vision for the Mm -hmm. show and you know so it's it's just a tricky balance but when it goes well it makes an amazing product yeah
1: i mean i would love to do a project where i'm directing and choreographing Mm -hmm. just because i think you know there's so much movement even in the set and and, you know i think of christopher Wheeldon and um what's the name american in paris american in paris how Mm -hmm. that show moves um is so incredible and then um, where, where I would need the help from a director is um, through the motivation and the, and the narrative and the actors, mm-hmm. say. Um, but then again, dancers are actors, and um, wouldn't it be just fabulous to choreograph and direct a whole show? It'd just be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's coming up for you. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So as you've
0: as you've worked through the years and we've talked about this a little bit already, but you know I'm just curious like how your process has changed. You know how, how did you used to work when you were first starting out that is different now, or mm. what, what lessons have you learned?
1: And the big thing is, um, you know, I used to be in all the dances and now I'm not in any of them. Right. So there's just the evolution of being a dance artist and what that how that evolution parallels my choreographic evolution right Mm -hmm. so back in the beginning i made everything i danced with people i knew we made everything together and now the process is i some a lot of times don't know the people and i'm giving a lot of creative assignments to them because their bodies are going to be able to do things better Mm -hmm. and they're going to do more things than my body right now will do and um so the biggest thing is that i've I've kind of taken myself out of the process over the last 15 years. But I but I do think I in the last two days I made a solo for somebody and I was thinking how great it was to make a lot of the vocabulary. It was so fun. So I think now I'm kind of doing a full circle and want to insert myself back into the more into the process.
0: Well, I guess you have to take a break every now and then and sort of draw inspiration from elsewhere and then yeah. you have new stuff to give out yourself.
1: Exactly. Otherwise it all looks the same. Right, right. Um, it also changed just the, the sheer fact that I'm learning more, you know. And so my toolbox is a lot larger than it used to be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when I started out, it's like a little kid's toolbox with like a hammer, nail, and a screwdriver. And now I have this toolbox with all these exotic tools in it. And, you know, um, so I just have more more I can access, which is great. Mm-hmm. Do
0: you go see uh, theater
1: and oh dance my God, a lot? Yeah, I see a lot. Yeah, I see... Um, well, I just saw Bernadette and hello Dolly, Oh, Wow I'm which is so fun yeah and um, but I'm ashamed to say I've not seen Hamilton, but you know I will. I know it's not going anywhere, Yes, but I see a lot of I see a lot of dance uptown downtown ballet, opera, and musical theater. What are some of your inspirations like what do you like? You know, I like great work right, and <laughs> great work can come in any theater or venue or you know i like um I like work that sometimes breaks any preconceived ideas I've ever had, sort of, you know, like, I guess, sleep no more, work that breaks the boundaries of how we imagine it. Um, I, like, um, I like movement, you know, so I like movement in opera. I like movement in musical theater. I like movement, obviously, in dance concert work. Um, I like movies, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's... Um, a lot to look at in movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you ever want to choreograph a, a movie? Oh, or? Heck yeah. Have you done any course. film, any work? Just film? small
1: film work for my company, like promotional uh, materials. And no, I've done some other film work, um, solos for uh, Jules Pfeiffer project. Um, I'm trying to think. And then I was, did a little work on um, Across the Universe with Julie Tamer and Danny Eserlo. Um But yeah, I've dabbled in it, but I would like to do more.
0: Yeah. Cause I would imagine it's like having to choreograph another being the camera. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh
1: yeah. So great. Mm-hmm.
0: Has there been a moment along the way? I'm sure with your mm-hmm. career, there's probably been multiple, but where you really were like, I really got that right. Like a big success. Oh my God. What? Yeah. What, like what's one of those that sticks
1: out? <laughs> oh God. There was many, uh, thankfully, yeah, right. <laughs> which is great. I would say, you know, they're early in my career. Some of the duets I made with Nicole Walcott and there was an early work, uh, natural selection, which was a big success. Um, I say the more excited I am about a project, the more I'm invested in it and the more likely that it be, it will be successful. You know, it's about how much am I, how passionate am I and how much am I giving to the project? Right. Usually determines how well I do on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the, a couple of years ago, I made a dance on Paul Taylor's company called Rush Hour, and that was uh, very successful. And a ballet I made on the New Zealand Ballet, um, where I just remember the curtain going up and the audience just going crazy. You know, wow. it was just a part of it was I, you know, did a trick where we did we saw everything backstage, and you know, set, I set a stage that they'd never seen before, mm-hmm. and so that was exciting. Um, yeah, there's been many exciting exciting moments
0: do you struggle at all as an artist with like why one thing one piece really works and then the next one doesn't or what's that like
1: oh god um i feel like i've gone through that roller coaster a lot so you know i i do i struggle with it yeah definitely i would say you know it also goes with the temperament of my life and you know if i'm melancholy then you know that may play into things or if I'm really exuberant and that plays into how I perceive things. Um, but yeah, there are definitely, you know, when, when, when I make a clunker, I just can't wait for the, the next success, right? (laughs) you know? And I've, um,
0: but at the same time when you make a success, do you feel like, Oh
1: my gosh, I'm going to top that oh my God, yeah, that definitely happens. You know, and even as a dancer, you know, I've taken bows where the audience has gone crazy and then you're like, God, am I ever going to have that high again? Mm -hmm. And I try, and my husband has told me in the past, you know, you can't, um, you can't put too much weight in the highs or the lows. This is really career and -hmm. this is job. And then, you know, that's such a great thing to hear. You know, you can't say that god that was so great or god that was so awful it's just it is what it is right. you know there are highs and lows in life and there are highs and lows and successes and failures in a career mm-hmm. and to just um stay present and, and ride that wave and know that another wave will come
0: mm-hmm. what's your relationship like with reviews
1: Oh my God! Tormented. <laughs> Do you read them? Yes, I've I've been good recently to um, pull away from them, and that's definitely the same thing of like the highs and the lows. You know, you can't personally put the weight in those highs and lows, and also not in the weight of the review. So, um, I would say um, I've struggled with it for sure, but I like it when they're good. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, any, any, uh, any last bit of advice for like someone who's trying to start out as a choreographer or a dancer? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you touched on that a little earlier, but I'm just curious if there's anything else. That you I would,
1: could... I would, you know, tying into this wave thing of, of be patient and ride the wave. Don't fight it. You know, it's like, sometimes you're, you're going to get stuck in the undertow. And if you struggle and try and fight the undertow, um, you, you won't wash ashore. Like, Normally, you know, so to I know it's hard to do, but to ride the good and the bad, um, I would also say practice um, patience and think maybe sometimes less about your career and more about your more about your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and that we're not just beings cultivating careers; we're beings cultivating well-rounded, balanced lives.
0: Mm-hmm um are there any trends that you see happening in dance out there oh, like my. in training or that you oh, man, there's
1: that you... definitely a lot of sock dances and concert it's, dance yes. and there's a lot of um which is really nice to see a lot of contemporary dance in theater yeah which is great and there's always people experimenting which is great um anything that you don't think is great
0: or like when you see dancers come in for auditions or anything that you're just like, oh, gosh. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, there is that. I just think um, maybe when people aren't being authentic to themselves and they're trying to put on another person. I mean, I understand for theater work, you you want to play the part that you're looking to be cast as. So I get that, but also just um, yeah, to just try and be as authentic as possible, and also to be as um, gracious and sense of humor. I guess a trend, maybe, and maybe every generation says this is I, I'm not. I don't love the competition. You know, you know. I think people are making money off of competitions. I think. Competitions exploit people, and I and I don't think it's the best way to uh, train, Mm -hmm. and I don't think it's the best way to build confidence and artistry.
0: Well, the last question that I always ask. Yeah, let's end on a high note.
1: (laughs) Is why do we need dance in our lives? Oh my gosh! So last night I posted something, and I'm not going to cry. Okay. But we have a friend um, who is going through cancer. And, uh, you know, a very aggressive form of lymphoma. And, um, you know, there's been days where she couldn't walk after treatments. And the other day they told her that her um, cancer was disappearing and she was dancing. And she danced down these steps and it was so jubilant. And I just think that dance is, can express so many different emotions. It can be celebratory. It can be cathartic. It can be healing. Dance can be... um, a place to find community it can be a place to experience joy and romance so i just think it's such a ultimate and universal way of ex- expressing yourself mm-hmm.
0: well larry thank you for being with me today yes, you're, you. you're an amazing artist it's thank so you. fun to watch you so thank you thank you <laughs> In Step is produced by broadway dance lab and recorded and hosted by nick kepley You can listen to this episode again, access our archives, and learn more about the company by visiting our website, broadwaydancelab.org.